0: Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I am so happy that you are here to join us today. And I'm thrilled to introduce today's special guest, Christina Miller. Now, listeners, you have heard me talking over the last few weeks about how I found a new show on Facebook, Returning the Favor. And Christina was the highlight. Of one of the first episodes that I watched, and thank you to your episode, I went through a box of tissues, like I had no idea what I was getting into, but she is the owner and founder of Garage of Blessings. Christina, thank you so much for being here. I've already thanked you in our pre-chat for everything that you do because it's just amazing. But for listeners who don't know who you are and haven't taken my advice like five times to watch the series, could you introduce yourself and tell your story to them?
1: Absolutely. Well, I am Christina Miller, and it is spelled, if you watched Returning the Favor, with two eyes after the T. And uh, he continuously, micro continuously says throughout the entire thing, it's Christina with two eyes. If you listen to him, it's quite funny. So, anyhow, uh, the Garage of Blessings, just right off the bat, just so that you can get an idea as I tell the story, uh, if you were to uh, walk into the Garage of Blessings, it would feel kind of like a really big thrift store. With every subject that uh, you would find in any normal thrift store. Uh, you can shop for anything you need. You can go in just as if you're going into a grocery store. You can shop from clothing to housewares, toys, electronics, crafts, and seasonal supplies. Uh, you can even grab a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the way out. And uh, the neat thing about that is once your arms are full of blessings from the Garage of Blessings, there's no bill at the end. Uh, basically, everything is free at the Garage of Blessings. We started the Garage of Blessings, it started in my home garage about early 2012. And, you know, a lot of people say to me, oh, that was such a good idea that you started this. And I'm like, you know, this was not my idea. It took a while for this to actually become what it has become. I used to be in property management and about the last uh, six months of being working for that company, my husband can attest to this, I would come home every day from work at about five and I would just go lay on the bed and and excuse me, I'm an emotional person. I would cry and I can remember it now. I would just lay on the bed and cry. And I was just so upset that I felt like, you know, here I am. Yes, I have talents in sales and marketing. and But I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm punching this clock here at this business and I'm doing a great job. I loved my job. But I I felt like I wanted, there was something greater I was supposed to be doing. And, uh, that went on for about six months. And, uh, during that entire time, I talked to God the whole time and I was very blunt and saying, you know, I I don't know what it is that you're trying to tell me or what I sense the still small voice speaking to me, but I'm not quite understanding what I'm supposed to be doing. And, um, About five months into this really agonizing time, I heard that still small voice say to go read some scripture in Matthew 6, and I did. I immediately grabbed my Bible, and I started reading Matthew 6, and it talked about in there just not worrying, basically, don't worry about tomorrow, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear, that he's going to take care of you. And if he takes care of the birds the way he does out there in the fields, I mean, don't you mean more to him than those birds? Why it meant so much to me was because during that time, my husband and I were going through uh, a class called Financial Peace University. And Mm. we were trying to become debt free. And my husband at the time was in the military, in the Navy, and uh, he has since retired after 25 years. But he was in the Navy at the time and I was working for property management and uh we needed both of our paychecks to make this dream come true of being uh debt free and uh so after i read those verses i heard this still small voice say quit your job and i'm like quit my job how am i supposed to quit my job if i'm supposed to be coming debt free you know i we need these two paychecks and that and all i kept hearing was quit your job quit your job and i have to tell you i am so ashamed of what happened next. Here I am, six months' time, crying out to God, asking Him to please talk to me like you talk to those people in the Bible. Just talk out loud to me. I want to know what it is that you want me to do. He answers prayer. He has me read scripture, which is one way that He speaks, and then that still small voice that said, quit your job. And I was ashamed to hear myself starting to negotiate with him, after I asked him to tell me exactly what he wanted me to do, I then turned around and I started negotiating with God. And how I did that was I said, quit my job. God, how about, see, I work 40 hours a week and we're trying to become debt free. So how about if I give you 20 hours of my time and I'll work part time so at least I still get a paycheck? And it was silent. And I was like, you know, I mean, because what do you have for me that's really going to you know, take a 40 hours of my week. And it was just like, you know, quit your job. So I decided after going back and forth, this negotiation, which I wasn't winning. (laughs) I decided to talk my husband about it. When he came home from work, I told him what had happened. And I said, I think I have to quit my job. And his answer to that was, you know what, you need to do what you need to do. And, uh, so
0: that, that evening
1: I wrote my letter of resignation and that morning I went and I put it on their desk and, uh, worked the whole day. And then it was about the last hour of the day when my boss called me in and said, sit down. (laughs) I'm like, yes. And he said, uh, is everything okay? And I said, yeah, everything's fine. You know, I think he was asking him because, you know, he's reading this letter. They may be thinking they did something or or what is it that, you know, what can we change to keep you or whatever it might be. And uh, he said, so if everything's fine, why this letter? Why are you leaving? And I looked at him and this is the only answer I could give him because I had no other answer. And I looked at him and I said, because God said so. (laughs) And he said, he looked at me and he said, you know, I can't argue with that. Wow. So I gave my two weeks at that point. My last day of work was a a Friday, uh, the last uh, Friday of October of 2011. And uh, I was so excited that I was following what I was supposed to be doing. And I had no idea what was going to be coming on Monday. As far as I was concerned, now that I've quit my job, I'm free to do exactly what I was called to do. And so I was so excited all weekend long for Monday because I knew Monday was would come, and I would have answers about why all this agony in the last six months. And Monday came, and I got ready for the day, and I was like, okay, God, here I am, <laughs> and nothing. And I was like, well, maybe it's just not time yet today. So I waited, and I just kept asking. I said, I've done what you've asked me to do, so I'm ready. Here am I, you know, and Nothing. Well, Monday passed, that week passed, two, three, four weeks passed, and nothing. And I started becoming upset because I'm like, I quit my job because that's what I believed you told me to do. And yet you have not followed up on your side and told me what it is that I was quitting my job for. Now I have no paycheck. Now we have one paycheck. How are we supposed to become debt free? So I was a little upset. So I decided, you know what, if you're not going to talk to me, then I'm going to go knock on some doors and I'm going to go find what it is that I was supposed to be doing. So I went and I started knocking on doors of nonprofit organizations here in town. And I walked into the organizations and I said, hi, my name is Christina Miller. And I have a background in sales and marketing. And I was wondering if by any chance there was someone here that I could talk to about using my skills for you guys to benefit your organization free of charge, uh, so maybe I can help get more people to know about your organization or maybe help fundraise or, or whatever it might be, what can I do to help? And they would look at me and they're like, "Wait, now, again, what is it that you want to do? You know, And I got this two, three, and four times at every organization mm-hmm. I went to, and that's pretty discouraging, and I'm thinking, here I have a skill set, and nobody wants it free of charge." So, the finally, the last place I went to, knocked on the door, went inside, introduced myself, and she said, you know, I don't have anybody here right now to, to talk to you, but if you want to go ahead and put your name and phone number down on this piece of paper, I'll give it to the right person. So, I'm like, great, this must be it. So, I wrote down my name and number. I handed it to her and turned around to walk out the door, and I got this sense, and I turned back around and I looked at her, and I said, you're not going to give that to anybody, are you? And she looked at me and she said, quite honestly, I wouldn't even know who to give it to. And I said, don't worry about it. Just go ahead and throw it away. So it was then I decided, you know what? If nobody wants to use me and my talents, then I'm going to figure out what it is that I enjoy doing and I'm going to go do it. And so I decided to go. And uh, I love to organize messes and uh, organize chaos and stuff. So I started a social media page called organized chaos. And uh, I s- put myself out there and I said if anybody has a room or a closet or a pantry or a kitchen or a garage or whatever it might be that needs organizing, maybe you keep walking past it and you you're trying not to look because you just can't handle that part of your house, I said let me come and help you make it, you know, perfect and it's free of charge. And so I ended up being booked out 6 weeks in advance. And so I was going out every single day cleaning people's homes, not cleaning like a cleaning lady, but organizing and, you know, helping them get rid of things they didn't need and so on and so forth. And about six weeks into that, I got a phone call from a lady and she said, I was wondering how big of a job would you do? And I said, it doesn't matter. I'll do anything. And she said, well, I have a double car garage. I was wondering if you could help me get through it. And so I said, absolutely. So I went and took a look at it and sure enough it was a double car garage that was full from top to bottom and side to side it took me two 8 hour days a saturday and a sunday to organize the entire thing with the help of uh, her family and and herself to make decisions about getting rid of things by the time we were done we had about 6 truckloads of items that she was willing to get rid of and i said well now that you have space in your garage let's take your items, put them in the corner here. On Monday, you call that donation truck that drives around, and they'll come pick it up free of charge, and then you're good to go. And she said, I can't do that. And I said, why not? And she said, if I do that, I'm going to end up uh, picking at it and putting it all back where it was. And I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) oh, no, you don't. So I offered, I said, you know, your family's here how about we take it to my garage and I'll wait for the truck on Monday to come pick it all up. I'll give them a call for Monday morning. And she said, that's great. So her whole family took about six car and truckloads over to my home garage and we unloaded it and she was grateful. And, and uh, that evening I started looking through some of the items. I mean, there were boxes that were open that you can actually just see inside. So I was kind of peeking in there and I just noticed, noticed things that I thought, you know, there's people out there that could use this stuff. And so with her permission, I asked her, I said, would you mind if I gave your stuff away? And she said, you do whatever you want. So I thought, okay. So I set up my garage, my my two-car home garage, kind of like a garage sale. And I ended up uh, going onto my social media page where people were following me for organized chaos. And I said, hey, I just did cleaned out someone's garage. Here's pictures of items that uh, she's willing to give away, and it's all set up and ready to go. And uh, I said, come in the morning, and it's all yours. And in the morning, there was a line at my door. And so people were lined up at my door to shop free of charge. And so I opened up my garage and people were shopping. Now, she had enough stuff to be able to last two and three days. And so it continued on for two or three days. About the third day, someone said to me, that was shopping in the garage, she said, uh, do you do this all the time? And I said, Oh no, 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 no. I, <laughs> no, I said, this is just stuff from my lady's garage. So, and she said, well, if I brought my stuff, would you give it away? And I said, well, the tables are already set up. Why not? So she brought her stuff. And next thing you know, she must've told somebody because I would wake up in the morning and there were donations at my door and I'd pick up my daughter from school come back home and there'd be donations underneath the eve of the garage and uh, that's how donations were born. So here I.
0: What did your husband say <laughs> to this? Because I know my husband, he would be like, we have enough stuff already. But at the same time, I have to tell you, when you shared about Matthew 6, like tears in my eyes, because we are going through our own life situation right now. Listeners, I'll share in a future episode when we get everything worked out. But thank you, because it, that's exactly what. I pulled out my Bible when you brought that up. I'm going to have to, it will be open on my desk for the rest of the day. And I was traveling for business last week. And while I was flying field of dreams was one of the movies that we could watch. And I was thinking, you know, it's God's way of saying, if you build it, they will come, but you don't know what you're building. (laughs) And the same as. You know, in in Field of Dreams where Kevin Costner's wife says, okay, you know, that's what my husband would do. That's what your husband did. But where to go? But, uh, okay, so going back, all these people are dropping Mm -hmm. stuff off at your house. What does your husband think
1: about this? Well, he works during the day, but he'd come home to me sorting in the garage. And then I would say, could you help me? (laughs) I had so many donations to sort through. And then he was just like, well. Okay. So he couldn't park in the garage anymore after a while. But uh yeah, he would help my daughter who at the time I don't remember exactly how old she was in 2000 early 2012, but she has autism and has mild cerebral palsy and also is uh, moderately mentally delayed and and so I could have her with me and you know teach her how to you know sort and put things on tables and so on and so forth. And then she'd be a part of when people would come shopping. And so it became a family thing. And we're going now two, three weeks into this. And all of a sudden, somebody walks up to me and says, you know, do you need help? And I said, yes, would you do me a favor? Grab one of those bags over there, go sit on the grass, sort it and then put it all out. And the people just kept coming with donations and and people coming to help, and that's how volunteers were born. So we have donations being born, volunteers were just now born, and, and then about four, maybe four to six weeks into it, I was in my garage just standing in the corner just watching people shop and wondering how this stuff continues to multiply upon itself because people were walking out with arms full of blessings and it was like they weren't making a dent in any of it. And there were so many people in my garage that, I heard two women speaking, and I, I, to this day, I don't know who they are. I'll, I just remember the voices, and I heard one say to the other, "This is like a garage full of blessings," and it hit me, "This is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing." And I just—it wasn't just the need of tangible items. People coming to my home, people were coming to my home, and you can see, you know, somebody looking at something, and then all of a sudden they start talking to the person next to them who they don't know, and they may start saying, "Well," I was hoping that Christina had this in her garage. And then the person would be like, well, she doesn't. But I have that. I can give that to you. And then people started giving to each other.
0: Oh my And gosh. it was, I've got goosebumps.
1: Well, within four months, we completely outgrew my home garage. I tell folks that we actually completely outgrew my entire neighborhood because of the traffic that was coming through just to come to my place. <laughs> oh. So I started praying and at that point I couldn't do organized chaos anymore so That was done. And uh, that double car garage that I did for that lady, that was the last thing I did for my little social media page. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, well, God, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, then you're going to find a place that we can fit because there's obviously a need here. And I prayed and prayed. And, oh, by the way, God, since this was your idea and you made all this happen, if we do find a place— you're gonna to have to pay the rent because remember you took away my paycheck. <laughs> so,
0: how do you think God likes blunt? Because I might have to try <laughs> that tactic.
1: I'm very, you know, <laughs> I grew up uh, in foster care and was homeless for some time. So a lot of that time, I was very blunt. You know, why God or you know, and it says in the Bible that He's our Father. He's the Father to the fatherless, and so I tra- treated Him like my dad mm-hmm. or a dad. Right. I, I didn't quite have a dad. To, know how to treat. But as far as I'm concerned, I would want him to be blunt with me. And I think that's what I prayed in those six months of crying out to him saying, just speak to me. You're my dad, just talk to me. And uh, so in this time of, you know, outgrowing my home garage, I said, you know what, you did this. So if we're moving, and we find a place, you're gonna have to pay the rent, because I don't have the money. And we ended up being blessed uh, with a 1,500 square foot industrial garage, and uh, I started asking people to give financially to help us keep the doors open and the lights on, and people started giving, and I realized at that point, um, and then some people started asking for tax receipts, and then I realized this needs to become, so that I can do that, a nonprofit organization. So we did... File the paperwork to become a nonprofit and do all of the necessary things we had to do and and but within four months of being in that fifteen hundred square foot industrial garage, we outgrew it and uh in four months, we outgrew it into the next bay, which is an additional fifteen hundred square feet. so we went into three thousand square feet within four months. Well, that only lasted nine months, I believe. And then we outgrew 3,000 square feet in nine months, grew into 3,600 square feet, outgrew that in four months, uh, moved into 4,000 square feet. Finally, we had a lease on paper we could stay, and I thought 4,000 square feet was enough. And uh, we had a lease that was a non-renewable lease, so I had to, you know, really pray that God would provide. I mean, there wasn't big enough places here in my city to just have an open Floor plan of you know store, and I've learned. Oh my goodness, I have learned that God is a last minute God, and He does that to <laughs> test us and to say, you know what? You said you would follow, and so you're going to follow me all the way to the end till you think you're about to going to drop off, and then I'm going to show you that you can walk, like walk on water, you know. And so we prayed and prayed. We were at a point towards the end of our lease that uh, we had. About six weeks left before the Garage of Blessings would shut down altogether as an organization because we had nowhere to go. And to make a long story short, God provided at the very end a landlord who said, You know what? I don't want to rent, I want to sell, but there's something about you and what you do that I'm willing to be a landlord. And he opened up his building of four thousand square feet. We moved into that in June of two thousand and seventeen. So about one year ago, we moved into that building. In November of two thousand and seventeen is when you had mentioned returning the favor, Mike Rowe came and surprised the garage of blessings by opening up there was a this particular industrial garage that we're in is made into three equal portions. We only rented two of those portions. And if you watch the show, you'll see me walking through a door into a third portion, which he fixed up really wonderfully with his team of people and our community. And and uh, that gave us another, some more square footage. And so we ended up going from about 4,000 square feet to approximately 6,000 square feet. And, you know, I've had an opportunity to go back to our old two car home garage back where we used to live and just stand there and look at it and be like, wow, (laughs) wow. I mean, wow. Our houseware section couldn't even fit in there anymore, you know? And, uh, so here we are, we were blessed with uh, the now a total of 6,000 square feet, November of 2017. I'm sure you probably get our story, uh, continues to remain the same. We outgrew it again. And, uh, it just took a few weeks for us to outgrow, that particular space and so i just started praying and i said you know lord and believe me this entire time from just the 1500 square feet to three thousand thirty six four six thousand, six thousand every single time god has used people in this community people i don't know businesses to help pay the rent i have never had to dig into my own pocket to help pay the rent for the Garage of Blessings, he has kept his promise when he said that he would take care of it. And one thing that I hadn't mentioned to you is two years after I quit my job, my husband and I became debt-free on one paycheck.
0: Oh, my and gosh. And so,
1: again, that reminds me back in Matthew when he said, I will take care of it. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I was telling someone yesterday I walk by faith every single day in everything that I do because I have learned my lesson in the last six years that everything has always worked out. I'm not saying everything's always been positive. I mean, yes, I, I have fallen down and I've hurt myself and, and things like that, but I can see the reasons for everything now as I look back. And remember when I was negotiating with God and I said, you know, I'll give you 20 hours of my time a week and and on, and then... I'll work the other 20 hours, and when I said to him, you know, what is it that you have for me that's going to last 40 hours a week? I mean, seriously, what, what? how am I going to volunteer 40 hours a week? Well, here we are six years later, and I give over 60 hours of my time each week to the Garage of Blessings, whether it's working at the garage or doing all the administrative work that I do, talking to folks like yourself and just spending the time spreading news about the garage and Well, I realized after we outgrew our 6,000 square feet that, you know, and I'm telling people pray, pray. And they're like, at what point are you going to stop growing? And I said, I don't know, because I don't know what God has planned. And stop
0: growing. Wow. (laughs) Wow. No. Yeah. Sorry. You go on returning the favor and it's not just like local anymore. It's like bang.
1: And the thing is, even prior to returning the favor, the Garage of Blessings has serves and has, or also serves, we serve Kenya, uh, the Philippines, and Mexico. And so we've become international even prior to returning the favor. And we continue to serve folks in those countries. So here I am in, uh, where we are in April, 2018, almost a year into this building, and I'm like, you know, people are coming again to donate items that, and I'm having to reject items because I can't fit them in the building. I can't fit all the shoppers and all the volunteers and all of the tangible items in the building uh, without it being chaotic. And I'm not about chaos. So I've been praying and, you know, I take my daughter to school, to the school bus every morning and we have a little devotional and, and every time it's my turn to pray, I I cry and I'm like, Lord, you know what I'm going to talk to you about. (laughs) So you need to figure this out because obviously there's something greater to be done in this city. And I love that song, God of the city. And so there's greater things have yet to come and greater things are still to be done here. So you're going to have to get me to fit. And it was just in the last week I contacted somebody that contacted over a year ago about a building here in Oak Harbor that uh, had been vacant for quite some time. And when I'd contacted them over a year ago, they said they had no interest in doing anything because they just didn't have the funds to rehab it or anything like that. And so they were fine with it just sitting there. And that was over a year ago. I just got the prompting to find him again, find that email and respond to it again over a year later to ask him, hey, it's me again. I was just wondering if you thought about it in the last year, and he wrote back and he said, "We want to talk to you," and I'm like, "Oh, alrighty then," you know. And he said, "I would like to get you in contact with our VP of Operations, and he'll be calling you, and we have an offer for you." And I'm like, "What? What?" Right. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay." So, sure enough, the VP of Operations called me, and he said, "You know." What we would like to do is, you know, we've had the opportunity to fix the roof and clean the outside and get the outside looking good. He said, but the inside needs some help. And it needs somebody like you with a community following for people to come and give of their time and their talents to bring life back to the building. And I said, okay. And he said, so what we would like to do is offer you this 10,000 square foot building in return for you to rehab the inside the way that you would want it. And that would be your rent. Wow. <laughs> Here I am trying to be professional on the phone with this VP and I'm like silent because I have tears rolling down my face and I can't quite speak yet. And he's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I said, I have to be honest with you. I'm very emotional. And I said, you have no idea how, God is using you right now. And in my life and in the life of what is this community is going to be when we're able to change this building and bring life and love to it. This building has been vacant for eight years. Wow. So that was just in the last week. Yesterday I had the opportunity to walk through it, and I was absolutely beside myself looking at, you know, I'm a visual person, so I can already visualize the end of what it would look like when it's all done. And what was so neat about walking through it and then speaking to him afterwards is I got two contacts, contacted me yesterday, and one said we're a command from the military. We're, we live in Woodby Island, which is a military community. We have a command here that we have about 25 Navy personnel that would like to know if we can give of our time to you for the day to do any project that you need. And I'm like, uh, and they contacted you. Yeah. And I said, what would you guys think about helping us cut out a building? And they're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, you're kidding me. So I called the VP of operations and I had asked him, I said, Hey, uh, what's your time frame on all this? And he said, probably a little over a month. And I said, how about a week? <laughs> and I told him why. I said, I have 25 men that can help you, you know, uh, got your building, you know, because there's still stuff in there that they have that they own that they need to take elsewhere. And I said, but there's 25 strong people that can help you. And uh, he was like, I'm in. And then yesterday, I, a real estate agent came to the Garage of Blessings and said, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, yeah. And she said, every year. On May tenth, all of our real estate companies across the nation all do a community service day, and there'll be about twenty of us and We were wondering if we could come and serve you for an eight hour day, whatever it is that you need we'll do it and I was like you, you're kidding me <laughs> and so I had to take her outside because i um, the volunteers still don't know what's going on, and I had to privately tell her. Yes, I could use your help, and I told her a little bit about the building, you know what it needed, and I said, you know, the week before I've got 25 military men coming in on May 3rd. You're a week after. You could come in. Would you think you guys could come in and help clean? You know, once they've stripped it, you guys can help clean it out and prep it for paint and flooring. And she was like, absolutely. We'll even paint the whole thing for you, and and whatever supplies you need, we'll get. And if you have a garden there, we'll do the beauty bark and all the flowers. And I'm like what? (laughs) So I am completely beside myself, but you know what? Some people say to me, that is so unbelievable. You know, I look at them and I say, you know what? No, it isn't. The way the last six years have been, nothing is unbelievable anymore. I believe it all. I totally believe it. I mean, if you were to tell me that, you know, the empty lot next to this building is also going to become ours for extra parking, I believe it. I don't even say unbelievable anymore. I actually say that on my voicemail right now at the end of when people call me. Have an unbelievable day. You know what? I need to change that because people need to believe. And I'm telling you, and I believe what it says in the Bible, when you believe, when you have faith, things. I'm moving. I have a, I'm getting so excited here. I have a little cross that has a little mustard seed in it. And I wear that. And I'm like, that's all I need. That's all I need is that little mustard seed. And that's all I had. Now, here I am six years later. Going into 10,000 square feet, the Garage of Blessings currently, and I'm sure this will change, currently serves over 3,500 people a month. We currently take in over 750 individual car and truck loads of donations. That's not 750 bags that come through. That's into the spot to donate, whether it's one bag or 10 bags, or if it's a U-Haul, that's one. And I the garage of blessings is not just, you know, people go, well, you know, what's so special. I mean, you give free stuff away. It isn't just about the tangible stuff anymore. Six years later, the garage of blessings is literally saving lives. We've had people come through the door saying, you know, this place is like a place of hope. There's something about when you walk through the door of this place, it just makes your shoulders just relax and you're accepted by everybody. It doesn't matter if you haven't had a shower in three months or, If you just got out of your Mercedes, it doesn't matter. Everybody is treated the exact same. People have come through and said, Christina, I was contemplating suicide this morning, and here I am, and the garage has changed that mindset. You know, I personally have sat on the the carpet on the floor with people at the garage who are just in a ball, just in tears, saying, I can't do this anymore. And the garage volunteers, we all come together to just lift them up. I'm not talking literally, but just their spirits. And it's they're the ones that literally lift themselves up off the floor and say, you know what? I can. I can, and there's purpose. So the garage is providing tangibly and intangible things, things you just can't get. It's all found there. And that's why I think that what I believe the garage continues to do what it's doing and it continues to touch so many people because there are greater things to come for the city. I mean, here we are, a small town, Oak Harbor. Turns out, you know, when people come through the door and they're looking around, you know, they have the look of, I've never been here before, so we ask them how they are and where they come from and how they hear about us. And turns out we're serving folks all the way from Bellingham Washington down to Tacoma and that is a huge strip of interstate and I have to tell you a quick funny story we're overflowing with incoming donations and I'm not telling people to stop I tell them keep bringing them because the more you bring the more we give and one day the UPS man drove up to our garage of blessings and I mentioned to one of my volunteers I said they're probably delivering to the business that used to be here before he unloads can you just make sure that it's not for the business that used to be here and that they moved? And so she went up to him and she said, just want to make sure that you are you don't unload anything from the previous business. And he goes, uh, nope, this says Garage of Blessings. And that was the first time we ever got a UPS delivery. And we looked at it where it came from. And it turns out we're getting donations from California. <laughs> People are sending us their clothes from California. Oh, my
0: heavens. I need to tell you that you are the first episode that I have cried on.
1: I cry all the time. <laughs> because
0: <laughs> so do I. I. Just I've never cried on an episode before. I have not stepped foot in the garage of blessings, but it's blessing me today because your whole message is exactly what I needed to hear oh, today.
1: That's so good. Yeah, it's every time I get to tell my story, it just strengthens me and reminds me that. What I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. What if, I think to myself, what if I did not listen to that still small voice? What if I was so committed to becoming debt-free on two paychecks that I said, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not going to quit my job. I'm going to do this because I want to be debt-free. The grudge wouldn't exist today. I would never would have done, gone into people's homes and cleaned their chaos. This lady never would have called me. You know, and... But still, even in the midst of all that, the garage did happen. And like I mentioned earlier, he also allowed us to become debt free on one paycheck. And we live six years later, we live debt free. And so it's just been believable. (laughs) I was gonna say unbelievable. But yeah, I believe it all now. I mean, you can't tell me anything I don't believe. It's so powerful. And He has been so, I even said, this is how I said it to my pastor this last Sunday. I looked at him and I said, Pastor, I said, God is so freaking faithful. And I started crying. (laughs) I said, I can't handle this sometimes. There's just so much. He's so faithful. I'm so overwhelmed by his faithfulness. I just have to tell him, you know, sometimes, you know, just give me some breathing room here. But man, he pours it on. He pours it on. And I am overflowing and it's exciting. I'm so glad to be a part of the Garage of Blessings. We now have over forty rotating volunteers. And uh we have different services at the garage now as far as we have a professional life coach that comes in and serves every Wednesday for people that need to talk to somebody and need direction. We have our peanut butter and jelly kitchen where folks can come in if they're hungry and just make themselves a sandwich and coffee or hot water. And I decided to become a notary so that I could do free notary service people that can't afford notary services.
0: That's amazing.
1: I heard somebody's story about, you know, they were looking for somebody that could hopefully help them with some cake mix for their kid's birthday because couldn't have even afford that. And you know what, I'm going to find a spot at the Garage of Blessings and make a birthday bookcase where there, you've got all the cake mixes and frostings to choose from. And plates and all of the party supplies and so now we have that and all of the items there are supplied by the community when I say hey community I'm running out of frosting you know next thing you know I get 20 bags so but there's just so many different things that the garage does to give back and we're not done and now with more square footage my wheels are turning and I'm like all right I am ready we're ready to start teaching classes now that we have some additional space that's on our list of things to do. And But right now, what we need, you know, people may hear, oh, well, you don't have any rent now. You're good to go. Actually, no. The building needs rehab. And our promise back to this company that is allowing us to use their building is to fix it. It needs help. The windows need to be redone. There's a lot of broken windows The flooring needs to be redone, it needs to be painted, doorways are unfinished, you know, just several little things like that. Well, some of them aren't so little, but now what I need and what I'm going to be asking for is the help of the community to come in and put their hand on this building so that when they drive by, they can say, oh, you see that paint job over there? I had a hand in that. Or you see those windows all shiny now? Yeah, I had a hand in that. Or you see those flowers and all coming out of the ground and the bark. I had a hand in that. This building is going to be my heart's desire is that this building, it becomes, belongs to the community. Yes, it'll be the Garage of Blessings, but I want the community to get involved so that they can point at it and say, I had a part in that story.
0: I have to ask, how are you planning on painting it? Because I see handprints of the people who actually did have a hand. Oh
1: man. See, now you got my wheels. I love that idea. I love that. And something that you just triggered in me again was two buildings ago. We had a wall of gratitude and we had a big thing of colorful Sharpie markers and people could write on the wall their thanks or what the garage means to them. And so I'm thinking, that on one side, the just people could just write and people were writing. I mean, you should see the hundreds of notes all over the wall. It was very tastefully done by people just putting their comments and their testimony. And I think one of the comments that got me the most was a daughter that wrote down. I remember seeing this on the wall, she wrote down that she dedicated the place, the garage of blessings to her mom. And she put in there, rest in peace, mom. And I asked her about that. And she said, my mom used to shop here. She loved coming here, but she died of cancer. And I'm just like, wow, you know, the walls are talking. And now to put like what you're saying, people's handprints and to say, I had a hand in this here. And literally here's my hand. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to send a picture to you. <laughs> Please do. I will. Oh, my goodness. Right, i got to write this down because I'm so excited. I can just
0: see. Yeah, I can see it. All colorful and, you know, finger paints. They would have to stay on walls. Yeah. People can wash it off. Wow. The dog's even chiming in. She likes it too. <laughs> In 2010, I left an abusive marriage and I remember being on Craigslist looking for anything that could get me started because we don't have a garage of blessings in Troy, Ohio. We have consignment shops, but we don't have that. And I felt so desperate. I remember going to the food pantry and getting food because I I had a job that didn't pay much and I cried my way through because I actually didn't feel like I deserved to be there because even though I had a home, you know, I had a home. I had a nice income, stable income-based apartment. I had minimum wage paying job, but I felt like there's so many other people who are worse off than I am. But I also was a single mom with two little boys. And I remember just crying my way through, thinking how blessed I was. And I just know you really are a blessing. And I can't wait to see how much bigger. Because while I normally like to ask on these episodes, you know, where do you see yourself going? Who knows? He is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you will have one in Troy, Ohio. <laughs> yes.
1: You know there are folks that walk through the doors that feel the exact same way that you did back then where they're just in some they'll donate items and then I'll say, "Well, come on in and see if there's something here that you can find." And they're like, "Oh, no, no, no. I I that's okay." And you know, that some feel that way of that, you know, they don't deserve to go in there. It's just for the poorish. And I'm like, "You know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't believe that God ever pointed out people and said, "You know what? You deserve a blessing. You deserve a blessing. Well, you don't deserve a blessing." Oh, you deserve a blessing." He's like, we're all in deserve a blessing, no matter how big or small it is. And in all times of our life, whether we're up or down, I mean, we could be having, there could be nothing going on in life, nothing wrong going on in life right now. Everything is looking great. Things are going awesome. You still deserve a blessing during that time. Just because everything is going great, doesn't mean that uh, you don't deserve that. I had somebody ask me once, how come you don't just make people work just a little bit for their blessing? And I was like, what? And uh, he said, well, you know, for instance, if they are coming for a TV, why don't you have them do a little bit of community service so that they can get that TV? And I looked at him and I said, can I ask you a question? He's like, yeah. And I said, do you have kids? He said, yep. And I said, have your kids ever come up to you and said, Daddy, do you think that you could get this for me or Daddy, I really like this. Or do you think the first thing you would think to do is you're going to work for it? Or do you think that everything in your heart would make you do what you could do to get that for them? And I'm not saying spoil them, it could just be something so simple as a book, you know, or whatever it might be. I mean, honestly, do you believe that you would make your kids work for every single blessing? Or do you just want to just pour it out on them because you love them that much? Well, I think he got the picture that we don't ask for anything in return at the garage. We don't ask for people to work for their blessings. We don't ask for monetary donations. We don't ask for them to show us what they have on their way out. No. If they find blessings within the garage, it was meant for them, and they need to take it. And we're at a point now, folks are coming out like with one shirt, and I'm like, Is that all you found? They're like, well, we just want to, you know, save for others. And I'm like, you need to turn around, go back in there and get 10 more. Because I'm telling you, the more you take, the more we're blessed. And uh, it's like the loaves and the fishes. I'm telling you, I see people walking out with armfuls of clothing gets hit the hardest at the Garage of Blessings. And I see people walking out with armfuls of clothing. And then I walk into the garage part and I'm like, where did they take it from? Because I just don't see a dent. And it just keeps multiplying and going out the door and then coming in the door and and it's never ending and no i don't have any clue what's in store for the garage of blessings at this point wherever he leads i'll follow and and i'm not negotiating anymore you know i'm just gonna do what i'm told (laughs) i have a card right above my desk here and there are times believe it or not that i become really down unfortunately i do suffer some depression and I have a card that somebody gave me that I have here in my bulletin board that is just a reminder to me when I'm feeling down or if I feel like am I really doing enough it says I probably would have died without this place thank you so much and I read that and I'm just like you know it's another life saved and so I take a deep breath and I'm like you know what I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep going. And like I said, here we are over six years later and I don't see an end <laughs> to this. And so we're excited. I, I hope that people with talent, you know, that have talents as being a handyman or handywoman or or anybody, this is the help we're going to need right now. And that's what I'm seeking and, and hoping that people will just come with their talents and say, what can I do? And, uh, That this place just becomes, again, it's been vacant for eight years, but just almost a light in this community. And uh, that it shines so bright that people from other communities are coming to see what in the world is going on. And that's that's what's happening now. But I want our reach to go even farther.
0: Right. So with that said, where are you located and how can people reach out to you so that they can get involved and offer their gifts to help the garage of blessings well we're
1: located in in oak harbor washington we're on whidbey island which is a naval air station and our website uh, www.garageofblessings.com has our physical address for now but that's where they can come and visit so the physical address will obviously automatically be updated quickly as soon as any changes are made but our PO box is also listed on our website uh, our PO box uh, 115 here in Oak Harbor that's where we get all of our mail and except when the UPS band comes with people's donations to our door <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and, but our phone number on our website and our services button that shows everything that we do and, and uh i do my best to catch up with you know people that write and ask questions and just need encouragement and sometimes people just write just because they need someone to listen yeah yeah. You know, I don't have all the answers, but I can offer encouragement, especially from what I've been through and I just yeah, you know, some people say to me, how is it that you feel for these people, you know? And I'm learning, I've been reading this book about empathy, like empaths, and uh how you feel people and their energy and if they hurt you hurt. And if they have joy, you have joy. And and I had touched on it briefly, but I was homeless from ages 11 to 15. And that had helped shape me, who I am today, to be able to feel some of these homeless folks that are coming through the door. And just know exactly what it feels like to put my feet in their shoes and walk in them. I became a foster kid from 16 to 18 and I was in two foster homes during that time. So I understand that, too, when when you get, you know, kids coming in that won't make eye contact and don't want to speak, and they just, they're really cold. I understand that, too, because I just, at that point in my life, I was like, you know what? I don't think anybody cares, so I don't care either. So, Wow, I didn't even think
0: about that. You are serving all age ranges. Yeah. Yeah. Above my monitor, I actually have taped... Galatians 6, 9, let's not get tired of doing good because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. Right. And I know
1: it's tough sometimes. Yeah. Just Sunday at church, you know, pastor talked about if you reap sparingly, that's exactly what you're going to get back. But if you, you know, reap, put everything that you have out there when it starts growing and coming back, you will it's in abundance. And I totally believe that. I see that every day. I get to see miracles happen every single day at the Garage of Blessings. I mean I get to see them every single day. And I get to be a part of them. I people come up to me every time I'm there and you know, it's like can I tell you what's going on in my life right now? And or can I tell you my testimony on how what the grudge did or you know, or one older lady comes up to me and she's like look at me everything i'm wearing today is from the garage of blessings and i said all right you know And she's like you know has a the garage style and the thing is this stuff is a lot of the stuff is really really nice you know and it's not just thrift store items i mean we're getting stuff in there with brand new with tags and we believe everyone deserves all that stuff so we still don't take furniture In returning the favor, you'll notice he gave us that portion for furniture, but what we needed it for more than furniture was just to be able to spread out our sorting room more because the incoming donations were exceeding the capacity of where we had them before. Now the donations are exceeding the capacity of the new space he gave us, where literally the donations, especially the bags, uh, I think they're 12-foot ceilings, are touching the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and oh, we're we're trying goodness. to get through the donations as fast as we can. We always could use more volunteers you know to help come and sort and just be a part of what's going on at the garage and It's so neat. It's not just the shoppers that come through the garage of blessings that are being moved and changed and being filled with hope, but talk to some of the volunteers or all the volunteers that volunteer there, and you ask them how has the garage changed them and it has changed every volunteer's life there. And it's really neat to have our volunteers last for years just because they just can't get enough and just see them growing out of their depression and then deciding, you know, I'm going to start serving others so that I can stop looking at my own pitiful self, you know, Mm -hmm. and... We have so much fun. <laughs> we have so much fun. It's we are a family. You know, I didn't have a family growing up because I was homeless for a while and even prior to being homeless really didn't have a family. And uh no relationship with my parents. But now wow, I look at what God has given me at the garage of blessings, not just a a home. I feel like the garage is my second home, but He's given me over forty people now, a part of my family, a part of my story. All these volunteers that are now, you know, I've my oldest volunteer is 83 years old, and she's like a grandma to me, and she'll whip me into shape. And the next one is 73, and she'll tell me where to go. You know? and <laughs> ones that are my age, you know, and then some that are younger, and I have a huge, a huge, huge family. <laughs> I love it.
0: Amazing, Christina. I just want to make sure that I'm giving the right URL com so that people can go and visit and that's where they find your address and that's where they get in touch because I can hear people just thinking right now, how do I do it? So garageofblessings.com.
1: Yeah, com And if I could answer that just here so that, you know, I don't get all, you know, 50 emails with the same question, but I do get people asking, how do I start this here? And the easiest way is, you know, Look at what you have. Maybe you have two of something. If you have two of something, give one away. You know, gather those items together. You may not have a garage. Maybe you have a carport or maybe you have a room in your house or whatever it might be. Maybe you have a front yard, a gazebo, anything, where you take those items and you let people know, I want to share. I want to share my stuff with people that have a need. And if there's anybody out there that would like to help share with me, if you have items you'd like to give away, Let's do this together on this day and let's bless people out there that can't afford this stuff and let's give it away. And uh, that's how you start.
0: Listeners, if you're going to do that, I would love to hear and I would love to share the message too on my Facebook page and help you get the word out. So be sure to visit the show notes page at com forward slash PP350 And I will do what I can to help share your day of Mm -hmm. blessings with my community.
1: Even if you don't have, like I said, a garage or anything like that, someone wrote to me and took a picture of, she had some comforters in a bag and she put them on her curb with a note and she wrote to me and she said, I I don't have a garage, but she goes, I do have a curb of blessings.
0: (laughs) I love it. That is so amazing. I just want to thank you again for everything that you're doing and for sharing your message. To say that I needed your message today, even though I already knew it, would be an understatement. So thank you so much for everything that you do. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners?
1: If you're struggling with something and you hear that still small voice, I'm telling you, obey it. Even if you think it's absolutely crazy idea or whatever it might be. Well, that's how the Garage of Blessing started was by listening to that still small voice and being obedient to that voice, whatever you feel that voice is. And if it weren't for me listening to that still small voice, we wouldn't be serving over probably 4,000 people today in a month. We wouldn't be serving Kenya, Mexico, the Philippines, and now being known across the nation, and all because I decided to listen. Thank you for tuning in to this
0: episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven-figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I wanna invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.